Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University, and we're back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week, we talk about how to love ourselves, others, and a higher nature, how to improve our finances, careers, relationships, and spirituality. And today's topic is very pertinent to our society today. It is how to master technology instead of being a slave to it. Now, our cell phones can be very powerful. It can give us convenience, food, entertainment, transportation, accommodations, even relationships through dating apps, opportunities, ability to connect with others worldwide, but it can also be a problem, even an addiction, a bad habit. 81% of Americans use cell phones. 5.2 billion people worldwide are connected to a mobile device. And the average person spends 3.5 hours a day on their cell phone. And now with the virus, people are spending as much as eight hours a day constantly on their phone. One of the problems that can come up is something called nobophobia, the fear of being without your cell phone, not having adequate connection, battery, or even losing your phone. People get panicky, fearful. They go into withdrawal symptoms. Two-thirds of people say they have this idea of nobophobia, the fear of being without their cell phone. 75% of college students have it. Even those who are over 55 years of age have nomophobia. Also, there's something called textophrenia, which is the fear that you can't receive or send text. And also phantom vibrations, where you think your phone is alerting you when it really isn't. So this can be considered an addiction. Although it's not recognized by psychiatric manuals, it is now under study and is similar to compulsive gambling. 44% of people say they can't live without their cell phone. One third of people would rather give up sex than give up their cell phone. It can be compulsive, meaning that you can't control yourself, being on social media all the time, gaming, shopping, gambling, whatever it is that attracts you, and you can't stop it because it gives you a certain amount of pleasure. But then there's what's called tolerance. The more you do it, you get used to it, and it doesn't give you the same pleasure. And then at some point, you start having withdrawals. When you stop using it, you suffer anxiety, sadness, even depression. Those who are at the greatest risk of having cell phone addiction are younger people, people who have dependent personalities where they need to have social approval, maybe they're socially isolated, maybe they have a lot of stress, which actually accounts for a lot of people in the world. So the question is, are you addicted to phone use? Now, the interesting thing about it is that phones are kind of designed to create a habitual a pattern, almost of addiction. In psychology, there's something known as the variable reinforcement ratio, which means that you're reinforced or rewarded by a certain amount of work or effort, but you don't know how much it takes to get that reward. And the example of that is a slot machine. If you go to Vegas or a casino, you know that you have to pull the slot machine, press a button, and you don't know when you're going to get a payoff. It could be after the first time you press it. It could be the hundredth time. And you may not even want to go to the bathroom because if you take a step out of there, someone else may come down and win your jackpot. And as a result, you're going to keep pressing that lever, keep pressing that button. In the same way with a phone, you keep checking your emails or that text. It could be that attractive person is interested in you, maybe a job offer, or you want some money, or maybe it's an emergency, you need to contact someone. So you don't ever know when that important thing can come up, so you keep looking at it and looking at it. So it can become very addictive. So I want to give you guys at home the phone addiction quiz, and also my producer, Reggie. Reggie, I know you were looking at the phone just right now as we were doing this, and I want to ask you a few questions about being addicted to your phone. Are you ready, Reggie? Sure. Okay, good. Number one, Reggie, do you ever reach for your phone when you're bored, stressed, or lonely? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You do. Which, which of those do you reach it for? I think all of them. Okay. Boris Russell. Okay. Reggie, do you sleep next to your phone? I do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you wake up at night sometimes to check it? No. Okay. Do you get irritated or panic if you can't get to your phone or if it's lost or you can't find it? I do. Yeah. Yes, you do. Okay. This is looking bad for you, Reggie. It looks like your phone addicted. Okay. We've got a few more left. Do you check your phone while eating, talking in the bathroom or having sex? Maybe when I'm eating, but not like we'll talk to somebody or... Okay. Or, or the other three. Yeah. Okay. But definitely eating. You, right. you do it. Yeah. Okay. Do you try to cut down on phone use, but it's hard for you to try to cut down? 
I would say so, yeah. Do you have FOMO, which is not the other bad word that sometimes people use, the fear of missing out on an important text or phone call, so you have to keep checking your phone? I, I can see that, yeah. Yes. Reggie, I got to say it. You sound like your phone addicted. You got six, seven, seven out of nine. And actually, a lot of people might respond in the same way that they have this kind of habit, this desire to have the phone. If they don't, they, they can suffer from it. So here are the costs of phone addiction. First of all, this is what's called loss of intimacy. Relationships are built on many interactions, nonverbal gestures, looking people in the eye. You don't have that with the phone. Also, the idea of being a fubbing. Fubbing is when you're being ignored by someone that has their phone in front of their hand and they're looking at you at the same time. And this is a big area of marital conflict. The husband and wife fight over this all the time. And one of them is on the phone, not paying attention. You can suffer from low self-esteem, even feeling ignored, feeling not valuable. Also, as Reggie was saying, if you bring your phone to your meal, you can't really enjoy your meal because you're eating and looking at things at the same time on the screen. It can cause accidents. As we know, texting can cause accidents while driving. You're less productive at work. You're distracted. You're looking at video games or YouTube channels and other things or social media, and you're not focused on work. You can become more irritable or depressed. Also, mental laziness. Nowadays, we Google everything. So our memory and our thinking process may go down. We may have attention deficit. We move quickly from one thing to the other. We're not very patient because the phone gives us information very quickly, but that's not the way it is in the real world with the people. Also, there's something known as upward comparison. When we compare ourselves to people that are doing better than us, we feel worse psychologically. So when you look at social media, someone's having this great party. Maybe that's the only party they've had in the last year, or there's some vacation. Maybe it's not even them. It's photoshopped. So you don't really know what's real or not real in social media, but you might feel bad because I'm at home stuck. I'm not going anywhere. I don't have all these great friends or great social times. Also, the idea of information overload. Where constantly you have news and alerts and notifications and, and texts where there's so many things going on, you become overwhelmed with all the information. Also, it can hurt your sleep. Your phone emits a blue light that kind of signals to the brain that it is time to wake. And it reduces the hormone melatonin, which reduces induces sleepiness. So it takes you more time to fall asleep and you have less REM sleep, which is when you have dreams, when you have a phone next to you at night. Also, there's a danger of being self-absorbed, even a little narcissistic because you're posting about yourself all the time on social media. It's all about you. You can become very self-involved, self-focused. Also, you may have a blurring between online and offline behavior. You might think, did I do the online or offline? How did I meet that person? Or what did I do? So people start to become like almost an alternative reality. What is true? What is not true? Also, they have anxiety because even having the phone in the workplace just by itself raises anxiety and reduces performance. So what are the causes of phone addiction? Now, again, it hasn't been verified yet as a diagnostic category in the uh, psychiatric manuals, but it is under study. And there are a lot of elements to addiction that are similar in phone use versus other addictions. First of all, there's an increase in dopamine, which is the pleasure brain chemical. We often see this in drug addiction, other addictions. And when you initially use your cell phone for certain activities that bring you pleasure, you have more of those chemicals. So you want to keep doing it. Also, if you have an impulse control problem, let's say that you have a problem with gambling or maybe shopping or playing video games, you do it a lot and you can't control yourself. The problem is that you take your phone everywhere you go, so your addiction goes everywhere you go too. It's like a walking addiction, and it's difficult to break. Also, if you're lonely, depressed, or have anxiety or stress, you might use the phone as self-medication. As our producer was saying, Reggie, that he reaches for it when he's lonely, right? When he's alone, when he's sad. Maybe he had a breakup with a girlfriend, and people, you want some comfort, and they reach for their phone. Also, they did a study with young people who are phone addicted, and they found that they had an increase in the neurotransmitter GABA, which controls brain signals. And people that have too much GABA have higher anxiety and depression and more sleepiness. So that's a connection, again, with the brain chemical part of things. So if these are problems, and they can be, the possibility of phone addiction or habit compulsion, what's the solution? Now, there are some things we can do to reduce this so-called addiction to phones or to this kind of technology. The first one is awareness. Be aware of how much you use your phone. Now, you can have their apps that track your phone use. So you look at, first of all, how much time do you spend on the phone? 
Is it one hour, two hours, four hours? What, what do you do? Do you spend time on gaming or videos and things or even social media doesn't really contribute much to your life in a real sense? And what triggers your use? Maybe your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife didn't call you when they were supposed to call you. You felt sad. You felt lonely. So you wanted to use your phone to, to get on that to feel a little better. And think about what other things could I be doing? Could I be reading, writing, creating something, spending time with children, animals, with good friends, involving myself in positive spiritual meditative practices? The other thing that's important to do is to set goals for when and how you use your phone. Maybe you limit yourself to a certain amount of time per day. You can reward yourself maybe after work, after you accomplish something, to spend a little time with entertainment and doing something on your phone. Also, you can set an alarm to tell you when to turn off your phone. Maybe every 30 minutes or hour, your alarm rings and you say, hey, it's time to take a break from the phone use. And I call it a phone fast, where you turn your phone off for a period of time per day. Maybe it's an hour, three hours, four hours. And turn it off when you eat, when you have sex, when you sleep. Even put it in a separate room when you go to sleep at night so you're not tempted to use it. Another thing you can do is remove social media apps from your phone. So you have to check your computer instead so you're not tempted to keep looking at social media all the time. Also, it's important to strengthen your intimacy, your social intimacy, your social skills. When you go out, look at people in the eye, smile, say hi, make contact with people in a real way to get that feeling of what it's like to have a real life encounter. Now that many people are staying home with the virus, everything's almost online. But there are times where you get out of the house and you can meet people and talk to people. You can also play the phone stack game, which is when you're out with people socially, everyone puts their phone in the middle of the table and whoever reaches for the phone first has to pay for lunch or dinner. That's kind of a good way to condition yourself not to reach for your phone. Also, it's important to find hobbies that reduce your stress, that feed your soul, whether it's working out, gardening, some spiritual or meditative practice, spending time with animals or, or children in nature, doing some hobby that inspires you, writing, creative things, working with your hands. Something that you can do instead of reaching for your phone, a positive hobby that gives you reward internally. Also, it's important that you change your self-talk about your phone. You might say, I got to check it. Something could be important. I might win the lottery. I went on a date with that attractive person. I may get a new job offer. I say, wait a minute. That may happen. But I can wait. I can take care of myself first and relax and sleep or eat or do what I need to do. And then I can go check my phone and see what's going on. So give yourself more of a patient mindset. At the same time, have what we call a growth mindset. Realize that there may be times when you will fail at your self-control in terms of your phone. You may overuse it, waste too much time on it. But realize you can make progress. Just like it took you time to get to that cell phone addiction, it can take you some time to get out of it. But if you're taking two steps forward and one step backward, you're still making progress. You're still improving yourself a little by little, but you're making that forward movement. And most importantly is to have self-love or what we call self-compassion. Forgive yourself for mistakes. Maybe you did go back and overuse the phone. Maybe you wasted some time and you didn't do the project you wanted to do. Or maybe you got into a fight with your partner because you're using the phone too much and not paying them attention. Realize that at the time you made a mistake, but you can grow from that. You can learn and improve. And don't hurt yourself. Don't attack yourself for that mistake. Realize you're human and you are improving. So you have self-love and self-compassion. Overall, there are two important keys here. First of all, realizing that a phone use can be very beneficial in many ways. Our technology can do amazing things. It can provide opportunity for new social movements to help change the world in a positive way, raise money for worthy causes, connect with people worldwide, educate, entertain, uplift, convenience, availability. There's so many wonderful things that can come from the use of cell phones and technology. We don't want to throw it away at all, but we want to find a balance. In the Eastern philosophy approach, they say the middle way is best. Neither too much nor too little. Find the middle ground. Learn how to take care of yourself. And be aware of your cell phone use. How often do you use it? And what ways do you use it? Are you doing it in a positive way to contribute to your life, lives of others? Or are you wasting your life away on things that don't really matter? Superficial comparisons with other people, social media, maybe negative news that drives you crazy because of all the negativity in the world that you see. 
Or are you using technology to help yourself and others, to uplift other people and yourself, your career and your work, and maybe also relax at times. Entertainment can be very useful as a change of pace. But overall, you're growing and learning and loving, which is really the key. In Love University, our goal is to bring people together in a community of like-minded people who have loving energy, want to help improve each other, and have a wonderful time in the world. Love University students, I want to make an exciting announcement right now. We're going to have our first Zoom Love University presentation on February 12th, Friday, 7 o'clock Pacific time. It is called Find Your Compatible Valentine, Asking the Four Magic Questions, based on my best-selling book, Love Types, on Myers-Briggs Personality Types. You'll learn how to find a compatible soulmate or partner on this special evening with quality singles all throughout America. And what we'll do is we'll introduce the love type system, how it works, the different personality types based on introvert or extrovert, thinker or feeler. And then we'll break it down into groups. The four groups are the meaning seekers, excitement seekers, security seekers, and knowledge seekers. And each of them have specific characteristics and you can mingle and match with people that are similar to your personality type and possibly find the ideal love in your life. So it's going to be a free event for the first 100 to sign up through Eventbrite. So if you want to register, go to my website, loveuniversity.love. And there you have all the details, the links to how to get there, how to sign up for this powerful and amazing event we're going to have. So Love University students, this week go out and use technology for a good purpose, just like we just did here with our announcement for the Zoom event. People now are on Zoom, spending more time talking to people in different ways, but they can still be connected. They can still have love and they can still create quality connections to change the world in a positive direction. So until next time, Love University students, put away your notebooks, your iPads, your phones, register for the Valentine's event coming up on February 12th, and go out and use technology for a positive purpose to help, to elevate, to educate, to inspire, and to be your best self, and above all, to love yourself, others, and a higher nature. If you want to be on the show, have a question, or have a suggestion, please contact us at 310-226-8090. Visit us at loveuniversity.love. Email us at loveuniversitylove at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook at Love University Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Love Letter U Podcast. Subscribe to us on Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Until next time, this is Dr. Alex Avila. Have a wonderful Love University week. Until we see you next time. 